السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة 
وكل ضلالة في النار أعاذنا الله وإياكم منها أجمعين أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters I want you to imagine yourself traveling Imagine yourself traveling alone through a desert You have no food You have no water and the heat of the desert sun is scorching. You're tired, you're hot, you're thirsty, you're dehydrated, yet you're pushing on in the hope of finding water. And you continue traveling through this hot desert until you see a large body of water just one mile away. And now, seeing this body of water in the distance, you feel some relief. Despite your thirst and your hunger, your pain, your fatigue, you feel a sense of relief because despite all of that, you're excited to finally find some water. You now feel assured that you're going to survive. And so you push ahead one step after the other, getting closer and closer to that pool of water. But as you get nearer, your heart begins to sink. Because as you get closer and closer, it dawns on you that there is no water at all. And what you saw at a distance was just a mirage, a sarab. And your heart sinks because you thought that you would be drinking water and swimming and cooling yourself off and surviving. But no, what you saw was a mirage. And as you get closer and closer, you realize it's nothing but sand and rock. Dear brothers and sisters, none of us have really faced those kinds of circumstances. And we don't live in the desert. But it's common enough that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned something of this experience in the Qur'an as a parable, a method for us to understand deeper realities. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to all of humanity, those who dwell in the deserts and those who do not, using the example of a mirage. In Surah An-Nur, the chapter on light, after mentioning the parable of light, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions another parable. He says, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَعْمَالُهُمْ كَسَرَابٍ بَقِيعَةٍ يَحْسَبُهُ الظَّمْآنُ مَاءً حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَهُ لَمْ يَجِدْهُ شَيْئًا وَوَجَدَ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ فَوَفَّاهُ حِسَابًا وَاللَّهُ سَرِيعُ الْحِسَابِ Allah says, as for those who disbelieve, their deeds are like a mirage upon a desert plain, which a thirsty person supposes is water. They think it's water. Until when he comes upon it, he does not find it to be anything at all. But there he finds Allah who pays him his reckoning in full. And Allah is swift in reckoning. Dear brothers and sisters, in this parable, Allah Ta'ala is telling us that one of the worst things that can happen to a person is for them to think that they are doing good deeds, righteous actions, and to think that they are a good person 
with whom Allah is pleased, only to find at the time of their death that Allah Ta'ala is not pleased with them. And that instead of good deeds, they have absolutely nothing at all. Allah Ta'ala tells us elsewhere in Surah Al-Kahf, قُلْ هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِالْأَخْسَرِينَ أَعْمَالًا الَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ صُنْعًا Allah Ta'ala says, say, O beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, say, shall we not inform you of those who are the greatest losers with respect to their deeds? Those whose efforts go astray in this life, the life of this world, while they think that they are virtuous in their works. Elsewhere in the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala says that their deeds seem fair to them. They seem good. But when it's time to have those deeds presented on the Day of Judgment, they see the reality. Allah Ta'ala says, وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا and we bring forward the deeds they performed and make them into scattered dust particles. Haba'an manthura. Do you know what haba is? Haba is not just the dust that you wipe off of a bookshelf. You know that layer of dust that accumulates over time that you wipe on a, on a bookshelf or on a cabinet? That's haba. But that's not haba manthur. Haba manthur is the scattered dust particles. You know that time of the day when the sun is shining right into your living room and it hits that angle where you can see in the rays of light those little floating dust particles. When the rays of light are not hitting through the window, you don't see them. But when the rays come through the living room, you can see those dust particles. These, dear brothers and sisters, are haba manthur. These are the scattered dust particles. You see the dust on the shelf, you can see it. But the haba manthur is like those dust particles you see in the attic when the light is coming in, or those dust particles through the rays of light. They seem like something, but they're ultimately nothing at all. That is how Allah describes the deeds of certain people on the Day of Judgment. Dear brothers and sisters, these verses warn us that a person can amass a mountain's worth of good deeds. They did charity, they did fasting and prayer and this and that. They built this and that, they contributed to this and that. They did so many things. But those deeds can be invalidated. They can be cancelled out. They can be obliterated and become like scattered dust particles. Or like a mirage, a sarab, where one thinks that something is there but there's nothing at all. This, dear brothers and sisters, is called in Arabic, Ihbatul A'mal, the things that wipe away and obliterate good actions. And this comes from Habita in Arabic. Habita in Arabic means to come to nothing, or to fail, or to be futile. In Arabic you say, Habita Batnuhu, when an animal's stomach swells and distends, ultimately killing it because it can't digest the food and defecate. But it keeps eating and eating and eating until it kills them. It means that they cannot digest the food. So ultimately, whatever they ate didn't benefit them at all. 
the animal keeps eating. It keeps eating more and more, but that food doesn't benefit them. It is actually the cause of their own destruction. Dear brothers and sisters, it is from the Rahmah of Allah, the mercy of Allah, and from His grace that He rewards us for our small actions. He gives us reward for our small good deeds, and even rewards us for the good things we think about doing, but don't end up carrying out. And He writes between 10 to 700 times reward for the things that we do of good deeds. This is from the generosity and the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we commit a sin, or when we commit a sin, it's only written as one sin. It's not written as 10 to 100 sins, written as only one sin. And that sin is easily wiped away with tawbah, with seeking forgiveness, or with trials and tests and actions that expiate that sin. Such is the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there are certain things that we have to be very careful of. Things that if done, will wipe away all of our good deeds and obliterate them, leaving them like scattered dust particles. These are the things that cause the actions to be invalidated. So one may ask, how can Allah invalidate the actions of someone who is obeying and worshipping Him? Would Allah just wipe away someone's good deeds without reason? The answer is no. Allah Ta'ala would not wipe away the deeds of anyone without reason. Allah says in the Qur'an, and your Lord wrongs no one. Therefore, there must be reasons why some people will have all of their good deeds wiped away and obliterated. What are those reasons? These are the muhbitat, those things that wipe away all of the good deeds that one may have. At the top of that list, dear brothers and sisters, is ashurku billah. At the top of the list of things that wipe away our actions is al-ishraq, associating partners with Allah Ta'ala in worship, turning to any person or thing with worship, associating them with, as partners with Allah Ta'ala where a person has the utmost expression of submission and servitude and humility towards that person or thing based on the belief that that object has some of the qualities of lordship. That is ibadah to other than Allah Ta'ala, al-ishraqu billah. And Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an that anyone who does any act of this nature or affirms partners for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his essence, his attributes or actions, that person's good deeds are wiped away entirely. Allah tells us in the Quran, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَتَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ And he says, it has been revealed to you and those before you that if you were to associate partners with Allah in worship, then your actions would be rendered null and void, obliterated, and you would certainly be among the losers. Elsewhere in the Quran, Allah tells us, That is the guidance of Allah by which He guides whomever He wills. 
And if they had associated partners with Allah in worship, their actions that they used to do would have been rendered invalid, obliterated. And speaking about Al-Masjid Al-Haram, Mecca Al-Mukarramah, Allah Ta'ala says, مَا كَانَ لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ أَنْ يَعْمُرُوا مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ شَاهِدِينَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ بِالْكُفْرِ أُولَٰئِكَ حَبِطَتْ أَعْمَالُهُمْ وَفِي النَّارِ هُمْ خَالِدُونَ He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that it is not appropriate that people who worship other than Allah, idol worshippers and the like, should take part in tending to the management and care of Al-Masjid Al-Haram when they testify to their own disbelief. Allah says about these people, He says about them that their actions are rendered null and void. So despite them honoring the hujjaj and feeding the pilgrims and caring for people because of these actions of shirk, worshiping idols and the like, all of the good deeds they did were invalidated. Dear brothers and sisters, that's at the top of the list. After this, among the things that invalidate good deeds is ridda, and Islam, which is apostasy. And apostasy is to believe or to do or to say something that entails clear kufr. Clear disbelief. This is ridda, apostasy. And apostasy invalidates all of one's previous good deeds. And there are different forms of ridda that the fuqaha mention in their works. Some are forms based on beliefs. Some are in the form of actions that entail kufr. Some are in the form of statements. But these are all coming from people who have internalized a rejection and disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wal-iyadhu billah. Anyone who commits apostasy has invalidated all of their previous good deeds. Even if they return to Islam, they have wiped away the good deeds in the past. And they start fresh. But without the good deeds, they have been wiped away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, وَمَن يَرْتَدِدْ مِنْكُمْ عَن دِينِهِ فَيَمُتْ وَهُوَ كَافِرٌ فَأُولَٰئِكَ حَبِطَتْ أَعْمَالُهُمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْأَخِرَةِ وَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ He says, anyone who apostates, who becomes a renegade, going outside of Islam, leaving their deen, and dying in that state, in a state of disbelief, then their actions are rendered null and void, and they are from the people of hellfire, abiding therein eternally. There are different forms of ridda, as I said. Some are in the form of beliefs, some in action, some in statements. Worshipping other than Allah Ta'ala is apostasy. Likewise, denying the existence of Allah Ta'ala or doubting the existence of Allah Ta'ala is apostasy. Denying the oneness of Allah, rejecting any of the prophets of Allah, denigrating or disrespecting any of the Anbiya and Rasul, that is Ridda, apostasy, and denying any of the clear-cut, clear-cut, meaning qat'i, unequivocal, clear-cut obligations in the Qur'an, 
and the Sunnah that are known to be from the religion by necessity. Al-ma'loom min al-deen To deny any of those obligations is also ridda, apostasy from the religion of Islam. So a person who says, I am a Muslim, but I don't believe it's obligatory to pray five times a day, that is ridda, and this invalidates actions. They say, I don't believe it's obligatory to fast in Ramadan, or I don't believe that alcohol is haram, or I don't believe that fornication is haram, or I don't believe that homosexuality, sodomy is haram. They are denying what is clear cut within the Quran and the Sunnah. And that is a form of denial. And this invalidates the good deeds because it is a form of ridda. And this is more common than many people think. I recall when I was a young man, just a teenager, brand new Muslim. I was working in a service sector with some other Muslims. And the time of prayer came. And being a young, zealous young man, I said to the other workers, I said, come, let's pray together. And I told one man, come, let's pray together. It's time for dhuhr. And this man, much older than me, he said, prayer is no longer an obligation on me because I made hajj over a dozen times. And little did he realize that by him denying the obligation of salat, he doesn't even have the reward of those dozen or so hajj that he made to Mecca. Likewise, to disbelieve or doubt in the Day of Judgment, that is a form of ridda, or to prostrate to an idol, or to denigrate and disrespect the Qur'an purposely, or to make fun of anything from the deen. These are all actions that constitute apostasy, and they invalidate a person's actions. These are just some of several. Understand, dear brothers and sisters, that a person doesn't get to believe or say or do these things and continue to claim that they are a Muslim. Al-Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he says that the ulama have agreed in absolute consensus, ajma'u, that if a person dies upon disbelief, they will have no reward in the hereafter. And they receive no reward for the good they did in this life. We look into the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, and we see a very good example of this. In the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and even before him, there was a man named Abdullah bin Jud'an. Abdullah bin Jud'an was a very wealthy man of Quraysh, extremely wealthy. And he would spend his money in charity, helping the poor, helping the orphans, helping those in need, rescuing those in distress, even among the many slaves and servants he owned, he treated them very well. He spent on them very lavishly, and he would free them after a certain, a certain number of years in service. He was a very generous man among a generous people. So Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, will any of the good deeds of Abdullah ibn Jud'an benefit him on the Day of Judgment. He's a good man. He's generous. He helps the people. Will any of those things he did be of benefit to him on the Day of Judgment? What did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? Nabi al-Rahmah, the Prophet of Mercy. 
The Prophet of Mercy وسلم, said, No, they will not benefit him because never once in his life did he say, Never once did he say in his life, O oh my Lord, forgive me my sin on the day of judgment. He did not have Iman, dear brothers and sisters. And so despite his generosity, lacking Iman means that he receives no reward for that in the hereafter. This is not my teaching. This is the teaching of our teacher, the Prophet of Mercy, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And if we understand this, we understand the value of Iman. And we also understand the error of those people who say, they don't say, but I can, they say, they implicitly say through their attitude that they think that they are somehow more merciful than Allah or more merciful than Rasulullah People who are confused and who think that just being nice or just benefiting humanity is enough for a person to enter Jannah and that Allah only judges a person by how nice they are. That is not the only standard. The ultimate standard is Iman. And a person who is nice, who benefits humanity, they receive their reward in this life, but they do not receive reward in the hereafter unless they have Iman. That is the standard by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges. People should not say things like, so and so helped humanity with his inventions, so surely he will go to Jannah. Because many people think that the highest value is just being nice or benefiting others. That's not the highest value, dear brothers and sisters. The highest value is Al-Imanu Billah. Having conviction and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's one thing to praise and thank someone for their service to humanity. That's fine. But to assume that they are automatically going to Jannah because of what they were doing in this life, a Jannah that many of them don't even believe in, that is an error in understanding. And it's a grave sin, and it is a form of a ta'alli ala Allah, to impose one's own views on Allah, on who Allah must have mercy on. The standard of Allah, Allah Ta'ala is Iman. Dear brothers and sisters, Iman is the most valuable thing we have. The most valuable thing you have is that conviction that belief you have in the absolute being, wajibul wujud, he whose existence is necessary, the one who has all power, the divine, the absolute, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it must be guarded. It is the condition for our actions to be accepted, that we have this iman. And if we truly treasure our iman, if we truly value it, we will want to know how to guard it. And we will want to know what threatens it? And we will want to know how to protect ourselves. May Allah give us the true state of valuing our Iman and treasuring it and protecting it. And we ask Allah to enable us to die upon Iman, saying, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Long Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fee Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yardah Wa salatu wa salam al-atamman al-akmalan al 
متلازمان على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وبعد. Dear brothers and sisters, the very first verse that we mentioned in the beginning of this khutbah was the verse from Surah An-Nur, the chapter of light, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a parable, the parable of the mirage. As for those who disbelieve, their actions are kasarab in like a mirage on a desert plain, which a thirsty person supposes is water, until when they come upon it, he does not find it to be anything and there he finds Allah who pays him his reckoning in full. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the verse right after this, another parable. And this chapter has many parables. So after the parable of the mirage, Allah mentions another parable. And this is the parable of darkness. Describing that person who does not have iman, and how their actions will be like a mirage in a desert plain. He then says about them, Aw, or, Aw kathurumatin fi bahrin lujjiyin yakshahu mawjun min fawqi, mawjun min fawqihi sahab, zulumatun ba'duha fawqa ba'd, idha akhraja yadahu lam yakad yaraha, wa man lam yaj'alillahu lahu noora, fa ma lahu min noor. Sadaqallahu al-Azim. Allah says in the next parable, or, or that person is like the darkness of a fathomless sea covered by waves, with waves above them and clouds above them, darknesses one above the other. In English, we don't pluralize darkness. We just have the word darkness. But in Arabic, you have the plural of darkness. Darkness is, that is what Allah says, ظلمات, layers of darkness, one above the other. He says, when a person puts out their hand, they can hardly see it. He for whom Allah has not given light, has no light. May Allah give us light, and make our actions a light, and accept them from us. The great Mufassir, the interpreter of the Qur'an, Ibn Jarir al-Tabari rahimahullah ta'ala, he says that the ghulumat, the plural of darkness here, refers to the deeds and to the darkness of one's sight, and the darkness of one's hearing, and the darkness of one's heart. That that person is engulfed in darkness. Their actions are given these parables. We see in the Qur'an that Allah describes the actions without iman as actions like a mirage, or like haba and manthura, like scattered dust particles, or like layers of darkness one above the other. That is for the person who leaves this dunya without iman, without firm conviction. We don't say faith as in a sense of blind trust. We mean an i'tiqad al-jazm, firm conviction in the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What about the one who has Iman? What about the Mu'min? For the believer, male or female, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also describes their reality and tells us how their deeds are not going to be a mirage. They're not going to be scattered dust particles 
And they're not going to be engulfed in layers of darkness. Rather, he says that their actions will be for them nur, light. They will be a source of light for them on the day of judgment. In Surah Al-Hadid, Allah Ta'ala tells us this. He says, يَوْمَ يَقُولُ الْمُنَافِقُونَ وَالْمُنَافِقَاتُ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أُنظُرُونَ نَقْتَبِسْ مِن نُورِكُمْ قِيلْ أَرْجِعُوا وَرَاءَكُمْ فَالْتَبِسُوا نُورًا فَضُرِبَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِسُورٍ لَهُ بَابٍ بَاطِنُهُ فِيهِ الرَّحْمَةِ وَظَاهِرُهُ مِنْ قِبِلِهِ الْعَذَابِ He says on the, day of, on the day of judgment, the hypocrites, males and females, will say to those who believed, wait for us. Let us acquire some of your light. Let us absorb and acquire some of the light you have. This is what they say to the believers. And the believers will say, go back behind you. Or it will be said by the believers or by the angels. Go back behind you and seek light elsewhere. And then Allah says, a wall will be raised between them in which is a door. Within it is mercy, and outside of it is torment. So the light that Allah Ta'ala gives the believers on the Day of Judgment is the means by which the believers safely cross the Sirat, that bridge that is thinner than a hair and sharper than a sword, suspended over hellfire. The light of their accepted actions is the means by which they cross that sirat on the Day of Judgment. So holding to your Iman and valuing your Iman means that your deeds become light for you on the Day of Judgment. Even if your deeds are few, even if your deeds are seemingly small, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gives value to them. And we never know what small deed done sincerely will be that means of rescue, that means of light for us on the Day of Judgment. In closing, dear brothers and sisters, I wish to share with you a beautiful hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. And to my knowledge, to the best of my knowledge, this is the first time this hadith has been read in English translation on a minbar. And this is a hadith with a Hassan chain, Bisanadin Hassanin, insha'Allah, recorded by Imam Ibn Jawzi and Imam Ibn Asakir and others from Abdul Rahman Ibn Samura radiallahu anhu. In this hadith, Abdul Rahman Ibn Samura, he says, one day the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to us as we were in the Masjid of Medina. And he said, last night I saw the most marvelous dream. I saw a man from my ummah who was subjected to the torment in the grave, Adab al Qabr. But then his wudu came and rescued him from punishment in the grave. So the action itself came in a form and rescued that person from Adab al Qabr. He says, Then I saw a man from my ummah surrounded by shayateen. But then his dhikr of Allah, his remembrance of Allah came to him and delivered him from their midst. Then I saw a person from my ummah who was surrounded by the angels of adab, the angels charged with meeting out punishment. 
But then his salat came to him and rescued him from their hands. Then I saw a man from my ummah who was panting out of severe thirst. And every time he passed by a body of water, he was driven away. But then his fasting in the month of Ramadan came to him and provided him water and quenched his thirst. Then I saw someone from my ummah as the prophets, the anbiya, were sitting in circles. And each time the man drew near the circle, each time he drew near to the circle of prophets, he was pushed away. But then his ghusl from Janaba, his purificatory bath from Janaba, came to him and took him by the hand and sat him down next to me, who is speaking here, Rasulullah Imagine, on an ordinary day, like every other day, you take a ghusl, you say Bismillah. Imagine, that one ghusl that you forgot about, takes you by the hand, and sits you next to Rasulullah Who can imagine? This is what he saw in the dream. He continues, then I saw someone from my ummah enveloped by darkness in front of him and behind him and darkness to his right and darkness to his left and darkness above and below him. And he was perplexed. He was perplexed on account of all of the darkness before him. Why is he perplexed? Because the believer has some nur. So why all this dhulmah? He's perplexed. But then, he says, his Hajj and Umrah came and took him out of the darkness and ushered him into the light. Then I saw someone from my Ummah who was addressing the believers, but they would not speak with him. But then his Siddhartha Rahim, his maintaining family ties, came to him and called out, Ya Ma'ashar al Mu'mineen, O assembly of believers, speak with him. For he maintained the ties of kinship. And after this the believers spoke with him and shook his hand and kept his company. He says, then I saw someone from my ummah trying to protect himself from the blaze and evil of the hellfire by covering his hand over his face. But then his sadaqah, his charity came to him, unveiled his face and covered his head. Then I saw someone from my ummah who was seized by the angels of punishment from every direction. But then his commanding the good and forbidding the evil came and delivered him from their clutches and took him into the company of the angels of mercy. Then I saw someone from my ummah who was crouching on his knees with a veil between him and his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then his good character came and took him by the hand and ushered him unto Allah's presence. Then I saw someone from my ummah whose scroll of deeds was placed in his left hand. His left hand. But then his fear of Allah took the scroll and placed it in his right hand. <coughs> then I saw someone from my ummah whose mizan, there's the scale of good deeds and bad deeds. The scale pan of good deeds was light. But then his qard hasan, his good loans, came and made the scale pan heavy. Then I saw a man from my ummah 
who was standing on the edge of hell, but then his khashya, his reverence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this life came and delivered him and he continued on his way. Then he says, I saw a person from my ummah who had fallen into the fire, but then there came his tears that he shed out of fear of Allah while in this world and they took him out. Then he says, I saw someone from my ummah crossing the sirat. He was crawling on it. And at times he was dragging himself across it and clinging onto it. But then suddenly, as he was in that state, his salat ala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he said in this life came and stood him up on his feet and rescued him. And lastly, the Prophet ﷺ recounts this dream saying, I saw a man from my ummah who had reached the gates of the garden. And he gets to the gates. But the gates had closed and he was locked out. And then the shahada of La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah came and opened the gates and placed him inside. This is a Hassan hadith, insha'Allah ta'ala, recorded by many of the Hufal. And in it are many lessons about the value of the good deeds that we may do in this life, that we may even forget about. Ultimately what gives them value is not how great they are, but what animates them, which is the Iman. So treasure your Iman, value your Iman, and avoid those things that invalidate our, your actions by invalidating Iman. May Allah give us a swift crossing across the Sirat full of light and accept our deeds and secure our Iman and the Iman of our loved ones. Ameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin abdika wa rasulika al-nabiyyir ummi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallima tasliman kathira bi qadri azamati thatika fi kulli waqtin wahin subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa kum min aswatika.